0: Hi everyone, this is Anthony Diaz with the Pop Health Show, and this show is for anyone that has a strong passion for making other people healthier in this world, and I'm super excited today to have Nathan Beyer on the show. Nathan is the Vice President and Chief Engineer at Cerner Corporation, specifically over the population health area. He's going to tell you more about his background um, and some things that he's passionate about in health today, but I won't steal his thunder. Nathan, welcome to the show all right thank you it's good to be here absolutely absolutely thanks for making time um mm-hmm. most importantly take us back transport us to where it all started and maybe talk us through some of the series of events that have led you to where you're at today
1: uh so i i, I think i guess i mean going really far back I've, <laughs> I've been involved in i mean i've had a cursory involvement of healthcare for a long time my um my mother has been a she was a nurse, um, starting back in, in the um, in the '70s, and so she's been. She was a nurse, you know, all of my life growing up. She then kind of went into administration. She, you know, ran a emergency department, ran a bunch of um, uh, acute care units, and, and so on. And, and now she works as part of the as um, for the VA uh, or the VHA technically. And, uh, so I've been involved in, in, you know, hearing about healthcare from her for decades now. Um, I think I even started, um, working at the hospital that she worked at, uh, um, as a teenager for, you know, a teenage job. And so I, I got some initial experience. I did some, you know, some easy stuff, like just moving patients around for physical therapy, but I also worked in medical records, which kind of gave, gave me some, an interesting view of, of how data was managed in hospitals and uh, you know I I don't know that I ever you know really internalized that at the time but then I went Mm -hmm. off to college and um, I went you know went to study computer science and and looking to um, you know just to do software development I, I you know enjoyed computers generally and was sort of a burgeoning technologist I guess at the time and then I just sort of uh, ran into um, Cerner at a um, at a job fair, and I was kind of looking for somewhere else to go, somewhere else to move to. So I thought mm. I'd, I'd check out Kansas City and um, moved to Kansas City and started with Cerner. And it, I've been with uh, Cerner for just about uh, twenty years, coming up here in June. And so I've I've worked as a in the engineering organizations at Cerner. For those past 20 years is I started as just a um you know, entry-level engineer and kind of worked my way up um, over the time and then relative to population health about five years ago um, yeah, Cerner sort of uh, started you know very full force into the population health arena and um, I began I kind of came over and, and helped kind of kickstart a lot of that with, um, you know, leading leading some of the engineering design and some of the early product design for Cerner's population health. So I think that's that's kind of
0: where it comes from for me. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it, Nathan. And just kind of just a follow up. Well, first of all, kudos to your mom Yeah, who man. was a nurse. Focused on, uh, you know, emergency. Uh, it's interesting, you know, my my. we were at dinner last night and my wife has a friend that's a nurse that jumps around to different hospitals across the country. Mm-hmm. She was sharing with me how nurses, you know, you, you, whether you realize it or not, you get faced with a lot of micro trauma, you can go through PTSD, you're facing so many different things. So kudos to your mom for, for going through that and being brave enough. You know, in my mind, like the nurses are really like the most, you know, heroic, right? They're dealing with kind of that the the rapidness of all these different scenarios in all these different ways. And so, um, and, and I think you hit it, right? Like growing up and then going to computer science, you internalize a lot of those workflows and probably saw areas of opportunity where how information could have been better leveraged at different spots. So, you know, really fascinating that you were able to take those two pieces and put them together and, and you're kind of in an ideal spot to, to that point, Nathan, um, maybe for our listeners out there, can you tell a little bit, like, what is population health? And then from like a digital or information standpoint, like, what's your mindset? Or what's the current mindset you feel needs to be adopted more when looking at, you know, how digital and information and systems should be supporting, you know, a modern view of population health?
1: Yeah, I think there's, uh, there's a wide variety of, of, of definitions of population health. I think it means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's, it's, it hasn't quite, there isn't quite the commodity term that's, that's popped up yet. I do, I do think, you know, we're starting to see um, some terminology starting to pop up, you know, because when we talk about information technology for healthcare, I think most people would be familiar with Things like EHR or EMR and understanding kind of what that is. And it, you know, it's sort of regardless of where, um, you know, where we get our EHR from, we kind of have an idea of what that should be and what it should be made up of. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, kind of, and things like patient uh, portal, you know, a consumer portal or a patient portal, we have some ideas of that. Uh, I think for population health, we're still trying to get to those commodity ideas. And I don't want that uh, that commodity sometimes right rings with a, a negative term there, but right. that's really um, when the terminology starts to get um, shared, that's when right. we start to get a, a little more consistency in what people are talking about, which is right. helpful in terms of being on the same page. Um, where I, I guess for me, where I see right now population health, it, it's, it's a lot about right at the moment, it's a lot about analytics and reporting, Mm -hmm. which is good and bad. I think that's, it's a good place to start. We get a lot of um, analysis and we can kind of see, uh, you know, large, you know, large swaths of data over large populations of people and start to get an understanding of what, what's happening with their, with their care and um, their, their health status. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, And that's, you know, that's sort of, where we're at today i think in the majority of um, of population health but where it needs to move and it it is moving it is 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 integrating more directly to the the delivery of care or the monitoring of of health so from the perspective of clinicians we want to want to be taking those analytic results you know whatever that analysis is whether it's you know from Uh, you know, analyzing, you know, looking at risk scores or using HCCs like that CMS, you know, dictates Mm -hmm. quality measures and really injecting that into the day-to-day care flows of whether you're a care manager or a nurse on an acute floor or, you know, you're a, a, you know, a orthopedic surgeon that you're, you're not just you're not just exclusively focused on what that immediate task is, but you also can get some context from, you know, these, these larger analytic, um, results and, and help improve and guide care. And I think that's, that's sort of the transition we're at right now is Mm -hmm. quite there. And we don't quite know how to get that in everyone's, um, workflow. And then I think the other side of that is there's also, um, the the informing informing the actual consumer like you know you and me of like how our health status is and how our our um you know how our health is being monitored by whether that's um the you know the insurance provider we're working with you know or if that's our employer and they're self-insured or if we're um you know Getting insurance through the government or whatnot, but being able to understand what um, what our health is relative to um, the population that we live in, whether that's you know nationally or you know within the same state or more locally, how you know how are we doing and, and what can we be doing to you know to be on the lookout for our you know, bettering ourselves.
0: Mm-hmm. Amen. No, absolutely. No, this it's it's really fascinating. All the different pieces that you know making systems and processes in the modern world that can make other people healthier and you know it's really exciting what you guys are doing in this space you know being has you know such a large footprint right and such a large almost accountability and opportunity in in Mm -hmm. front of you right and so you know you're at the forefront of some interesting changes uh you know architecturally right the way kind of like almost like supporting the new ways that hospitals and providers should function um, along those lines, I mean, I guess you're hinting and, and touching upon some interesting topics here. What's one thing in health that you're really passionate about today? Love to hear more about, you know, what you're passionate about and what you're what you're seeing out there, and you know, also, you know, tell us a little bit on why you're passionate about it. Uh,
1: I, I think what I'm, I, I probably have. Uh, you know, the the most passionate about it is trying to trying to get to some of the the more simple, solid um, components mm-hmm. of of understanding uh, a person's health. So really getting down to so there's a lot of there's a lot of complexity in, in healthcare just implicitly, mm-hmm. but. That, that doesn't necessarily mean that there has to be a lot of complexity in uh, the technology, especially the information technology and, and mm-hmm. understanding the data. There, there tends to be, you know, and this this isn't just a, a you know healthcare thing, but there tends to be an overcomplication of of data, of, of modeling data and information because um, there, there's often a lot of competing use cases you know when when mm-hmm. you've got researchers that want to pull one way you've got you know s- software developers wanting to pull another way you've got clinicians wanting to pull um a bunch of different ways because they might be an acute clinician or an ambulatory clinician they're all kind of pulling for different things and and trying to trying to get down to uh a a core information model
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: and I think within population health, there's there's sort of this idea of a, of a longitudinal record. Right. Right. It, where you, you want to get all of the information you can get for a, a person and you want it to be, you know, both from lots of sources of data, as well as as much as much time as you can get. So, you know, mm-hmm. from, from birth till, you know, till present. and. The challenge there is that there's 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 so much information, um, and it's it's often not all that usable. Like there's a lot of data that's just redundant and mm-hmm. repetitive, and it's and it can be it can be challenging to get down to something that's more simple. And it's it, there's a lot of complexity there that's sort of. You know, and I guess one of the things I I skipped out in that kind of causes of complexity is there's a lot of legal complexity that uh, we have to have um, very specific legal records around, you know, who did what and when did they do it and where did they do it. And and when that when you think about a longitudinal record, if if every um, if every location of care has to have their own legal record for a person, you know and, and every time you go to a clinic or a hospital right they ask you for your history and your physical right that what are your allergies and mm-hmm. what's your demographics and each of them has to keep you know this legal record and um you start to get a little bit of like a lot of re- redundancy and repetitiveness but you you can't throw it away per se because you kind of still need it um when you consolidate all those things but at the same time to really Get down to effective care. You want you want to simplify as much as possible so that when um, you know when you know your your doctor looks at your longitudinal record and says like oh you know do you have do you have any allergies they don't want to see that you have um, a peanut allergy recorded you know fifty two times because you've went to fifty two different hospitals or clinics over your lifetime mm-hmm. they just want to see. Oh, you have a peanut allergy, and it's severe. And you know these yeah. are your the impacts of that, and, and be able to deliver that care. And so, I, I think that's kind of one of the things that I'm I'm kind of passionate about is trying to get to um, continuing to push and, and understand the more uh, the, those first principles, as as I think some people would kind of say, is like, and get down to the smaller, simpler things, such that we can get down to those, those core pieces of that information model. Mm -hmm. We want to impact to impact the, you know, the largest, um, largest swath of use cases without, you know, like having to drag along um, all of the complexity
0: with it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Nathan. Yeah, no, this is, this is, you know, you hit upon a a variety of different topics that are, are coming up a lot, you know, obviously, you know, it's coordinating stakeholder inputs, simplifying things highlighting you know along the way what needs to be you know truly visible for the person for the provider the new provider people move a lot now they move hospitals and that record needs to that story right that story really needs to follow them around and that patient-centered you know data model um, or record you know needs to needs to grow and it needs to become more comprehensive as well and so um really exciting times and obviously you guys are doing a lot super live <laughs> in this space. Yeah. Um, t- along those lines, tell us a little bit about the future, right? So the the future of healthcare, according <laughs> to Nathan, uh, tell us some things about the future that have you excited. Some things, you know, in your heart that, um, that they're going to come to fruition. May not be a year from now, may not be three years from now, may not be 10 years from now. But I mean, I guess maybe, you know, tell us about a timeline and tell us about, you know, the excitements for the future of healthcare that that you see are coming. Uh,
1: I, I think the, one of the things that excites me, and and I I hope it excites it excites others, is I think there is is a is a transition to empowering individuals much more in their in their healthcare, and, and maybe not just empowering individuals, but empowering individuals and their. Um, you know their family or the the their their very immediate community that helps take care of them,
0: mm-hmm. and, and, and by that
1: I mean you know, having much more access to um, to your own information. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's been a you know if we if if you if we go back to things like like uh, like HIPAA, mm-hmm. right? A lot of a lot of people kind of assume you know we all associate that that term with kind of privacy but part of part of HIPAA was trying to add portability and access to information and kind of giving consumer rights almost if you mm-hmm. will to be able to say I can go to any place I've gotten care in the US and say give me my record and and, and um, you know and, and it needs to be portable quote unquote mm-hmm. and it's been a you know that that is a you know it's been a while since you know HIPAA came about, but it, it did. It is. It was one of the things that has started to change that path. Where there is there is a slow push and change for having consumers being able to own and access their information and being able to to look at it and interact with their clinicians in a more informed, uh, in, informed and you know deep manner. And I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's that's pretty exciting because it it will it will it provides a lot of opportunities for right. for, for just for not necessarily technological innovation but just health innovation and in that it, it will change you know culturally how we think about um, interacting with you know with healthcare and and perhaps how people even think about interacting with each other and maybe sharing that information and not mm-hmm. you know, they might be much more open about you know oh I've you know I got diagnosed with this and this is what I think it means and, and you know and, and just changing you know an, an enormous amount of um, amount of the way that we interact with healthcare in so many ways and I think it it it's slow but it's also not slow at the same time it it, it Piggybacking on top of te- the technological changes,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that that, con- that consumerism, I think, will will be will be pretty exciting. I don't know exactly what it's going to look like or how it'll manifest, but I mm-hmm. I, I do know that it it's it's going to be hugely impactful and right. And, and from a regulatory standpoint, we're seeing a a, a bigger and bigger push. Um, to To making information available both to uh, consumers and then um, importantly to uh, clinical um, clinical system owners to share data back and forth in a, in a much more interoperable fashion and so it's all of that is, is really accelerating and and I think that's pretty exciting I I've, I don't know I, I'm I'm fascinated to see where all of that's going to absolutely.
0: Us. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, everyone's got their, you know, different information, health information, so many different places. Does feel like we're inching, you know, towards it. Obviously you guys are, you know, at the forefront of enabling that to happen in, in different facets, but it is really exciting. And then, you know, as, as you know, things to your point earlier, you know, as they become more commoditized or democratized or just more, you know, digestible, right. You know, people become wanting to own their health a lot more being able to reflect and be mindful about their story, their health story and where it's been. And, you know, it can kind of dictate, right? The history tells the future. You can kind of get a sense of, you know, these different trends and, you know, how many times do we have, you know, certain allergies or different ailments at certain times in the year, every two years, the same trends recurring, you know, if you have access to that, it can can make a lot, right? It can make a lot of difference on the emergency room visits and and all the different future, healthcare visits that someone has to do. Uh, Nathan, really fascinating um, topics that we're going through and, uh, you know, from a population health standpoint. One one thing we ask our guests sometimes is, you know, a lot of of us are in health every single day and have really good, interesting, like, health habits or things that we're doing in our own personal health that really work for us. Um, Is there something that you have found, whether it's fitness, food, nutrition, mindfulness or anything like that that you do on a weekly or daily basis that you find really works for for your own health that you'd like to share. Uh personally, I've been um, so I,
1: I I do I do enjoy it. I I like to exercise. I like to run. That's one of I mean, I from an exercise standpoint, I'm always into running and mm. tying that back to my, you know, my health care and
0: Mm -hmm. tying back
1: my steps and trying to connect all those things. Um, Mm -hmm. More recently, probably in the last few months, I've been really um, getting into meditation and Mm -hmm. and mindfulness, and um, I don't know, that probably, you know, right now at this moment, that might sound very hipster to (laughs) to claim that everyone's talking about it, you know, um, that 10% happier is, is all of a sudden a big topic. Right. Uh, but i i've been I've been doing that for a little while and trying to do it. Um, I try to do you know meditation daily, and uh, I think I get it at least four four to five times a week. I can mm-hmm. get, I can to get about fifteen to twenty minutes of meditation in, and I found that that's been significantly helpful for right um, for my um, my well being and just. And, and that kind of that proactive wellness of keeping me centered and focused and mindful. It's, there's a lot to be said for just keeping, keeping the mind calm and right. it, it, it can impact the rest of your, your health. Like I find that it's, I, I feel like my exercising is, is even more effective just because I'm mm-hmm. a little more relaxed. And yeah. So that for me has been, um, been, uh, my more, um, recent habit that I've been, working on.
0: I love it. I love it. And, and Nathan, why do you think meditation is, so, so I'm right there with you. I use the Calm app daily. I haven't done the Calm, the daily Calm of the day. I don't even know the theme of the day, but I, I might mm-hmm. fit it in some, somewhere today. Yeah. Um, I have a theory that it's like, you know, we're getting bombarded by so much more information, more than our brains were kind of designed to absorb. Uh, there's there's new notifications, right? I'm sure like you have an Apple watch, right? And so, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you're, that's a whole other category of notifications that didn't even exist like a couple years ago. And so you think it's just a matter of uh, the more information and we're getting bombarded with the more we need to come up with ways to kind of you know, still our mind and organize it all, or why? Why do you think meditation is suddenly getting so much attention? Is is one of those? Is that yeah? I, I think it is. We, yeah,
1: trying it, it, yeah. to it, it's it cut down on all of the streams that I think we've, uh, because of the the quick changes in in mobile technology and uh, mm-hmm. information accessibility in the last decade. The, that we've sort of swung a pendulum that Mm we didn't really realize was there that we swung it to and you know it's sort of overloaded and we kind of need to swing back a little bit to find more of the the medium right path of you know you know i guess you know theoretically at some point we could adapt and, and and be able to ingest all of these these signals but Mm -hmm. at the moment we're you know as human beings we're not quite ready for that and so i do think that the mindfulness and meditation is 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 getting popular because of people are feeling a little a sense of just overloadedness overloaded yeah yeah and wanting to disconnect and, and, and
0: and balance absolutely No, it's great. I think the more, the more people can be mindful and, and, you know, integrate these, these relaxing things, you know, and, you know, obviously there's, I know, a counter movement of like, oh, well, it's too hokey, too, too weird, spiritual or anything like that. But, you know, the the physicalities of it, the physics of it, of just, you know, calming yourself and breathing. I mean, gosh, you know, it just, Teaches you, I think, to be gracious for what's in front of you. Everything you need is right there. You know, you're able to breathe. That, like, let's start there. <laughs> like, yeah, and I always there around them sometimes, right? So,
1: yeah, and I'm, I kind of guess I, because I'm such a um, uh, an engineer, and as I talked about, I was talking about earlier about wanting to simplify. For me, it, I tie it back to just simplifying my my life, like just trying mm-hmm. to get down to like I don't need to be you know processing and consuming all of this. Like, if I can just Cut it down for a little bit that just if it's simpler, it's often better. And, Absolutely. And, and so I've I kind of,
0: I guess that might be a little bit of rationalization, but I, I like to think <laughs> of it that way. But, Absolutely. No, Nathan, this is great. And, you know, to combine the two, I, you know, I, I'm trying to get into back to running a little bit more. I do the treadmill and the, the, I do wind sprints sometimes just to kind of, you know, burn some at it, you know, as needed. But I want to get back into kind of like, you know, three and five miles. Um, so if you run into a good running meditation, I promise to do it safely. <laughs> if you run into a good app that combines the two. Let me know. I think, I think right. as a walking meditation one, but um, <laughs> all kidding aside though, but um, Nathan, this has been phenomenal. This has been great. Most importantly, thank you for sharing your your origin story and your passions in health and your vision yeah. for healthcare in the future. What would be a good way, Nathan, for our listeners to to engage with you if you would like people to engage with you? Uh, they can connect me. So I'm I'm
1: um, I'm on LinkedIn mm-hmm. um, on on Twitter um, for the more um, technically minded. I'm on GitHub. Connect me. I've got nice a presence out there, but uh, LinkedIn as as from the more um, you know enterprise business aspect, you can certainly Mm -hmm. connect me. Um, Otherwise, in Twitter and GitHub is fine too. You can message me on Twitter. Reach out.
0: Awesome, awesome, Nathan. Well, thanks so much for for doing this. Um, Really, really appreciate it. We'll link to those on the on the on the uh, show notes. And uh, to our listeners out there, again, this is the Pop Health Show. This show is for anyone that has a strong passion for making other people healthier in this world. Nathan, again, thank you so much. This was great.
1: All right. You're welcome. Thank you.
0: Thank you.